Welcome to The Story Tinker, a place for in-depth analysis of stories, including Midnight Poppyland, Purple Hyacinth, and more. Co-hosted by sharp, witty, and dare I say, thirsty fans, we dive deep into every episode, analyzing character, relationship development, and plot theories. You can follow The Story Tinker on all podcast platforms and videos of most episodes on YouTube. You can also follow The Story Tinker on Instagram and Facebook. If you'd like weekly bonus content, sneak peeks, and more, you can support The Story Tinker on Patreon. Thanks for listening to The Story Tinker, and let's get started. I'd like to thank Natis from Instagram for messaging me and suggesting that we do a sewer's bride. Thank you. Everyone is very grateful. Okay. Okay. Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode six of A Sewer's Bride, which is called, actually, I don't know what it's called. It's called You Want a Something with a B. You want a battle. You want a battle. Okay. (laughs) The computer does not read it all. And today we have Jocelyn, Terry, and Vida. So I'll let you guys introduce yourselves. Hi, I'm Terry. I'm from Connecticut, and you might know me on Patreon and Facebook as Lady Libris. Oh, and also uh, AO3. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, there's somewhere else. Yeah, I was just finishing uh, Hello Neighbor. I thought it was so cute. I loved it. <laughs> Hi, I'm Jocelyn. I'm 36. I live in Canada. Um, Quebec to be specific and uh, I don't have a Patreon. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Hi I'm Vita. Uh, Victoria is my full name. I go by Vita Buona uh, both on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, It's my name on Patreon as well and oh I'm in my late 20s and I'm a fourth year medical student. Uh, Yeah looking forward to my first actual paycheck <laughs> amen we all are yeah okay well thanks so much for being here and Tori, why don't you start us off so we start this episode it says i know this flag and they're standing out in front of uh, a campsite and i thought this is pretty funny when we go down a little bit because like you think they would have been noticed way before this but they're not so it says i know it I know about it because it's a flag with peony, um, which is also the tattoo that's on Ulan's front of his neck. And we see the two guard towers and some fencing, and they're standing there in front of it. And this episode, by the way, I should mention this earlier, is black and white. So we're not going to do a lot of color theory with this one. But um, it says, once it's brought back to our, our palace courtyard by surviving troops and burnt. So... Uh, U.S. connotation with this is that this is an enemy flag, obviously. And now she's trying to connect the dots with, like, wait a minute. So, to have a tattoo of the kingdom's crest on display in such a vulnerable yet prominent area, it's like an outright declaration of war to the enemy. So, she's, she's, I think she's like, am I the enemy? Is he the enemy? It's a little, it's, it's almost a little of it feels like a little of both because um yeah. like they burned their flag and then there's the the meaning behind peonies being like mm-hmm. um you know honor bravery prosperity like things like that and then they just you know come in and take over the land and so yeah 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 and then she goes this is my kingdom come at me if you dare and only one person would be allowed to wear it in such a manner 
And then she says, Asura, which I looked up and it's like, um, I think I wrote that's like a demon or a god, right? So when I was thinking about this, I'm like, is he some sort of like, you know, I don't know, urban legend or something like a boogeyman for like Yua's people, like this, this demon nickname yeah. that he has. Uh, you're King Asura, the great warrior king of the north, the northern demon Asura, right? So I was like, oh, she's like, oh, that guy. Right. <laughs> I feel like she's not looking at him because, yeah. you know, they were having a moderately good time together, <laughs> mixed bag, you know, antagonistic liking relationship before this. But now she's finding out that he's like the enemy and she's not looking at him because this is um, an unsettling <laughs> unhappy discovery but she's pretty it's clever like, yeah. it's like oh great i think the enemy's hot right <laughs> <laughs> well i mean even even in the last episode when they're uh they're kind of like like in each other's arms there's trust there mm -hmm. like she say she tried to save them both like from attacking from the attack and everything and now it's like she's like piecing it together that oh this guy is you know this boogeyman or whatever mm -hmm. so she's not just some random soldier that she ran across that mm -hmm. helped her yeah especially yeah. all the, the trade they've heard too about him um it hasn't been pretty obviously so no. she's just putting those pieces and trying to reconcile oh this is not working out with what i thought he was from the night before considering what everyone else around me has told me about him otherwise mm -hmm. yeah so actually she says that uh, the northern demon Asura, he says nickname, and he just kind of looks over at her. And we were talking about this before we started about, even though this is black and white, how, and I'm zooming, I'm like, Rah! even though this is black and white, you can still see like the intensity of his eyes and like how it glows. So I think that the way that he's, the expression on his face to me looks like he's nervous about what's going to come next because he knows the reputation that he has. And obviously their kingdoms are at war also. So like, obviously, like they're not going to have nice things to say about him. And I think he's nervous about her reaction, justifiably so. And, you know, he also doesn't want to break the, the little bond that they have created. Sure. And he's probably also wondering exactly what she's heard, even though he, you know, probably has an idea, but you know, there's going to be a lot of spin in it and a lot of like exaggeration and, things like that um with his reputation so and he also does that you know like it's you know how torah just throws things off with like a little joke and snark like he just he doesn't say he doesn't respond to the gravity of what she levels at him you know he should be saying like yes what have you heard about me or whatever but he just says nickname mm -hmm. yeah like yeah, one word to say too because he looks very composed and he doesn't look you know like he's over reacting he's just like nickname you know what I mean? Like internally, he might be screaming, but externally, he's just like, it's a nickname. Mm -hmm. No big Again, yeah, she's still not looking up and she's like, if I'd known who you were. Do you guys hear the music? <laughs> a <Yeah>. little bit. <laughs> <laughs> okay, as a, I'll just tell the podcast, I'm at my family's house and whatever, I guess they're having a party downstairs. <laughs> <laughs> Before we started, my husband is working out and he's got like these 40 pound weights. And when he puts them on the floor, it's like, boom. And I'm like, it is, it is 625. You cannot be doing that anymore. We have to start. And here's it booming from the other room. I'm like, so yeah. 
So, oh uh, yeah, so she's not looking at him. If I'd known who you were, and then she grips the bow, she's like, I would rather be left oh, no. to die in the wilderness. You vile tire bow on his injured shoulder, <laughs> which I was like, ow, but I'm like, that's very clever of her to know exactly where to hit. So she's fierce. She's a little bit fierce, right? Um, and even though she hits him there, he still like doesn't react how you think he probably would, like a normal person would react getting hit very hard where they're injured, right? I and mean, she's panting looking at him, he's looking away from her and he says, yeah, I'm vile. And it's like his shoulders throbbing. And so, then, is this where I stop? Um, yes, I think so. I think so. Yeah. Um, no, no, a little I, I think to discuss here. Yeah, there's a lot. Yeah, there's a lot Go going ahead. on. <laughs> so like I was saying, I'm like, you would think that he would like react like in anger. Right. I'm not saying he would whap her across the head, but grab her to stop her or something. And all he does is he's just he's panting in pain, his shoulders throbbing and he's not looking at her because he's probably counting to 10 or trying to control himself. Um, he says, yeah, I'm vile, um, which I that's remarkable restraint, I think, honestly. I well, think she's maybe like her frustration and anger uh towards like what happened to her people and everything is just kind of like warranted right so he mm -hmm. knows that because he was part of the cause probably so i think it's more like uh yes you know hit me because i did something bad and um i mean they like i said in the previous episode they were just trusting of each other and whatever so i think uh i think he's kind of letting her in a way also, I think it shows too that he's got a lot of respect for, I don't know if women in general, but for her certainly, because when we get down a little further, like the men in his camp, like how they refer to her and how they talk about her and everything else, just like such a lack of respect for women. And I don't see that coming from him, right? He always shows her a lot of respect. So I think that's just another way it's demonstrated. I think part of it too, especially when he's like, yeah, I'm vile. He has a very pragmatic um, perspective of himself. Like he knows who he is. He's not trying to hide any part of him or shy away and not really try to deny it. Cause like, yeah, he agrees I'm not a good person. Like I wasn't trying to be type of thing either. It's just now you know who I am type of thing. This is who mm -hmm. I am. He's a warrior, he's not an angel, right? Yeah. I also like that reflected a lot of Torah to me because Torah also has a lot of self-hatred and I think Ulan actually has less self-hatred than Torah has I think he kind of understands this is what he has to do and he says that later in the episode and Torah I don't think really accepts that about himself I think he hates himself in many ways but that mm -hmm. definitely reminded me a lot about of Torah with that negative self-image and also um Yua so obviously like you know you see her hands shaking with the bow and she hit him hard enough to crack the bow so that's yeah, a she, lot and or not practice to broke it yeah but you really see like the the level of hatred that had they had between those countries where she wow. says she would rather have died in the wilderness and where she's risking her life basically in attacking the king of the northern the northern kingdom their enemy and the guy who could you know easily kill her either personally or with his soldiers mm -hmm. and like that's the level of hatred that she has that she's willing to do all that um you know even despite whatever personal connection they made so I mean, it's just like a co very common 
thing that exists in history where like countries hate each other and like some of the, the enmity is so deep and sometimes that like it doesn't it just overrides any humanity and any mm-hmm. personal connection because you're like oh you're from the other group so i must hate you yeah yeah unfortunately that's something we still see all the time even in our modern era yeah. yeah, I think it's there's certain things like some people have utopian visions in their mind. We're like, if only we change policies, then humanity will be great and everyone will be prosper. I'm like, no, I just think it's a condition of humanity that we're all it's, it's going to suck somewhere, you know, mm-hmm. some level. Mm-hmm. I don't think we can change that much. <laughs> so the guys in the guard tower finally are paying attention to what's going on. And it's like, what's going on down? Oh, it's King Soros on the horns. The king has returned. I didn't even notice that their king was just like thwacked across the shoulder. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Wait, sorry. I think who was supposed to do the second part? I'll show you how vile I can be. I think that's where I was supposed to stop. Okay, sorry. Sorry. Yeah. I'm not entirely sure where to stop. So just let me know if I can. Okay. I'm just looking at the halfway point on my like browser. That's all. Um. Oh shit, I lost. Yeah, so like Terry was saying, the guards are finally starting to realize, hey, what's going on? And um, yeah, they don't care that is that their king just got hit by a woman, which is like, okay, cool, we'll go along with it. <laughs> um, so hard that like I see blood splatter. Like, is all right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ripped shirt even. And then even like when he's reproaching her, it's not like he's raising her voice, or his voice, or anything. It's more like again this is who I am like if you do it again like I'm not going to tolerate it this is your one and only warning type of thing but even Mm -hmm. that it's it's I mean I don't think it's overly assertive it's just who wants to get hit like obviously you would not want to get hit and like hey say tell say back off to someone um but yeah as you guys saw she did hit him hard enough to the point where she reopened his wound and then it looks like she um, it just really doesn't want to have anything to do with him and tries to push him away, says no. And at this point, he's you can see him visibly starting to like get frustrated and annoyed at the whole situation. Um, and he's just trying to really get through to her, like, hey, yeah, calm down. It, to me, it really does seem like he's just trying to calm her down at this point since she's heated. Mm-hmm. You can tell by the bubbles too where hers are like super jagged mm, and yeah. hers remain calm or yeah circular <laughs> so i also yeah. think the fact that when he says like i'll show you just how vile i can be and he pulls her closer at the same time i think it's a little bit of the this like push and pull dynamic with him where he wants her to be closer mm-hmm. to him and he wants her to still like him but he also like you said wants to show who he really is and he wants to warn her you know this is me and like if you're gonna like me or be in a relationship with me you have to know who I am and the fact that like he just keeps her close and pulls her to him it's a pretty romantic gesture I think he is showing her that he likes her and, and it's also in a way, protective, right because now everyone's noticed them and if she's attacking their king that puts her in an extremely dangerous position so he's pulling her in um trying to calm her down but it's also a protective thing like yeah it's true and then yeah. coming close uh, yeah, he's, he's emotionally affected I think he you know he he's the one saying don't you think right and we don't know what he's gonna say but it sounds like it'll be some kind of explanation or justification because he wants her to think he does what it's kind of like you know he wants her to think nicely of him but like again he's he's doing the like let me show you my worst side um mm-hmm. first 
but and again it's like the the push and pull it's like also it reminds me of Tora saying oh she'll never have me she's too good for me yeah. and um we're still wanting her at the same time yeah I mean <laughs> maybe even that like you said was protective because if she continued to escalate the situation like it's not just him that he would have to control it's everyone else like the guards <laughs> seeing that their king is getting abused <laughs> you know he's like hey maybe you should chill and like actually think about what you're doing if you think of like the royal body in history like it was sacrosanct like you did not you know abuse the royal body um physically that's just huge no-no throughout history so the fact that she hit him so hard to break a bow which is extremely strong and then reopened his wound, right? And that's definitely abusing the royal body. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, dangerous position. Hi, kitty. Ew. Oh, <laughs> so cute. I'm like more shut, and I keep hearing scratch, 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 scratch. Yeah, he's he's very annoying. <laughs> There's definitely a dog that barks every now and then. We'll just oh. casually ignore that. Okay. Yeah, I have a dog too. Yeah. All right, so continuing on, I don't know how to pronounce this word. Is it Degi? Degay? Maybe, I don't know, but I think you're doing fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway, it sounds like it's a term of endearment from someone who sees him as a younger brother and we are introduced to him. Um, and he's mm -hmm. like, hey, uh, we heard from the scout that they had won the battle that they were in um, and that they had sent troops to escort him back, but didn't find him because he looks like he kind of like ditched them and went on his own path. Um, and then, yeah, this was going back into how some of the warriors think about women and how it might not be as uh, respectful. I'm not sure who mentioned that, if it was Terry or Mindy. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, you definitely see what their view is and you see, I thought this, this next panel is kind of cute where you see, um, Elaine is just like, oh, hey brother, how are you doing? And then Ua is just kind of like this feral little creature that has to like be contained and she's like, don't touch me, like, like <laughs> get me at him type thing. Um, and they're just super chill and just like, you know, doing their thing. And the fact that he grabs his wrist, Ulan grabs this guy's wrist so he doesn't touch her. Yeah. Per. Mm -hmm. But yeah, who's oh, this wench? Excuse me? Who's this wench? How <laughs> dare. I'm assuming that the the kind of that they probably don't have high class women at the camps, yeah. like in the yeah. barracks. <laughs> Um, also, did you notice his haircut? His hairstyle is, you know, kind of like what Poppy does for Torah at Naren at the Regina Speak. Actually, cornrows and the braids. Like I was thinking about this, and I was thinking, I'm glad that Torah gets his genetics from <laughs> someone else because this, no, <laughs> no, his pointy eyebrows. Who does yeah. that look? It's like, I don't know. <laughs> I've already forgotten his name. Oh my god, Pinky Maybe. with his. Eyebrows. Damien, yeah. <laughs> Damien, thank you. Oh yeah. <laughs> Conspiracy theory, this is Damien's ancestor. Oh, okay. <laughs> so cute. That's so cute. <laughs> I want his favorite color to be pink. 
I bet you we can't see his uniform, but really, it's pink. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, so then we're going forward, and we get this like intense stare from Elaine, and it's like, okay, yeah, we could we could linger there if we wanted. <laughs> yeah. So um. So we have. Uh, oh my God! I almost said Tora. <laughs> <laughs> We get a really great look from Elaine just looking at his bro and bro is like, oh, okay, let me back off here and just like let you do your thing with the, with the girl. Um, you know, totally respecting the fact that uh, obviously he has different intentions. I don't know if it was mentioned before the um, Wi-Fi cutout, but we were also mentioning how he could just express so much with literally just looking at his um, colleague, you know, like, hey, back off. We're not calling her that. She's not going to servant's quarter, none of that. And um, I think this was just after the inter internet unfortunately dropped. We were also saying how in the background, we also start seeing long live King Azura, <laughs> all that stuff and like cheering for him since it seems like he really has been missing for a couple of days. Mm -hmm. um, especially since there was that troop that was sent to find him originally. Uh, so that's like obviously really cool too, where you see like people are actually excited to see him. It's probably a little bit jarring, especially for Ua, who thinks of him as like this monster. How could he be respected or loved? But here there are people that were actually missing him and cheering for him when he came back. Yeah, that's a great point. Yeah, and also from the fact that this or the this guy, whoever whatever his name is, is surprised that Ua wants to take care of her himself. Clearly, he doesn't usually treat other women like this. They're usually just like, eh, whatever. But, you know, he'll put them in the service quarters or whatever. He doesn't, um, you know, this is an unusual treatment. He doesn't take care of them himself. Yeah. Hmm. So then, yeah, so then I'll take, so then we have the next panel where I'm not actually sure who's saying this, if it's brother or Elaine. I'll take care of Kara this way, your majesty. Oh, it's definitely the brother. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> They're on their way to another batter, battle, FYI. So I like how, like, FYI, cool. which is like a modern, modern <laughs> you know, acronym is there. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I feel like this, this episode is a little rushed and you like, there are some things that I think if uh, more time had been spent, it would have been a bit different, but I like it still because it's, it's, you're really getting into like the, the country that he's from and everything. Um, but yeah, it's a bit rushed. I love how it's rushed, but still gorgeous. Like if I was trying Beautiful. to do rush, it'd be stick figures and like smears of ink everywhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is so beautiful. Yeah, and Wait. it's more like a manga too without the yeah. color. Mm -hmm. It does. And then, yeah, we just see like this whole big pan out view of it looks like literally his army, like one of yeah. the armies. No, yeah, that's his army. And they're all just cheering the same thing. I think it was kind of cool too how you see just how small they are. And it looks like um, Ulaine and uh, Ua are just by themselves walking together. And I, that must be. Arm around her. This guy's arm around her, yeah. It's just zooming. And I was like, zoom? Yeah. <laughs> time. He's like walking with his arm around her. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah, or yeah. that she smashed, by the way, because yeah. Mickey's shoulder, that's what's around her. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> the sore shoulder. I know. Yeah, Romance is dead. Right. <laughs> I think he's doing it, yes, because he likes touching her and also probably what you said to control her and be like, okay, lady, we're walking in front of my whole army now. Better keep, <laughs> keep temperate. Yeah. yeah. And then you have that next shot where like things are actually starting to like become reality for her. And it, I think that's just such an interesting expression for her too. It's super fierce, but it also seems kind of calculating where you can kind of start seeing, okay, she's not only like taking Elaine's advice to actually start thinking, but I don't know, it feels a little bit more analytical to me too, like more cunning, which I really mm -hmm. like. Yeah, she's, she looks like she is, you know, everyone's saying long live King is her, long live King is her. And I think it is going through her head, like a little bit of surprise, like how could they like him? Mm -hmm. Yeah, like why are they cheering for this demon, like murderer? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Should I keep going? I think, yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I think till like uh, another few panels, I think. Yeah, so then they finally take uh, Elaine and Wa to um, a banquet, a feast, which I'm sure they're much appreciated of, especially since they've been out in the wild for a while. Um, and they're finally starting to realize too that he has this wound on his back as well. But he just, it seems like he just completely does not face him at all. And he doesn't even seem to acknowledge it. Yeah, and then the next panel where he just starts to enter the feast, it seems like there's a lot of work to do too. Everyone's kind of coming up to him and just telling him like, hey, warriors want to meet you. Uh, we got to do this wound on your back. You got to eat. Sounds like a lot's coming out of it <laughs> one time when, uh, or maybe, I don't know, he probably just needs to sleep. Let's be real. And then we have Ua just kind of in the background, uh, kind of observing everything. <clears throat> and then they go into the tent for the feast. This was probably his tent too. And yeah, it looks like the general, the chieftain, and the officer all have something that they want to say to him. Uh, and then he just kind of closes the door on their face and he's like, ah, nah, I got a woman <laughs> with me, got to spend some time with her. And um, obviously they get that too. <laughs> They're like, oh, he brought a woman home. We got to leave him alone. This can wait. <laughs> yeah, so they, they know what's up. <laughs> And then talking about like she's not his usual type. He likes him tall and voluptuous. <laughs> oh, I thought that was cute. <laughs> yeah, but it's interesting. And yeah, in the next panel, like the fact that they say, you know, oh, a tiny plain woman is still a woman. She's just going to unwind after that intense battle. So it's interesting because, you know, Yua perceives herself as not beautiful. And apparently, at least this guy also thinks she's tiny and plain. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't think he looked really close. Because yeah, she, she's tiny, but she ain't playing. And I feel like even though like um, we know that Tora is a descendant of them, I feel like Poppy definitely has a lot of the same spirit as Uwa, mm -hmm. where it's like they're tiny but fierce. Mm -hmm. It's like the little the little angry hamster. I feel like really came alive in this in this episode. <laughs> Isn't genetics interesting? <laughs> they're not related. It's more like just the the spirit. 
is similar. Oh, no, no, just like what Torah and Ulan find attractive. Oh, yeah. Down through the line. It's like the That's tiny so little icky hamsters. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, it also, this these panels also kind of prove that like, like, yeah, he was with other other women who like he really didn't care about and this one is just like it stands out that she's this way like different from the normal mm -hmm. and uh and yeah and then like all the past episodes kind of come back and it's just like yep like you can see like it was an automatic like the scroll and you know let's try to find out about her and yeah I like that I like this like proves you know he didn't care about women before you know I think part of like it's our hero Tora yeah. yeah and for this in particular too um Lily pays particular attention to the eyes um mm -hmm. like when they glow or when he's like in his demonic form or not or when he's court cursed versus not and I feel like for this too it's kind of like Tora and uh Ulaine and just the entire line just see people differently like more for who they are like and more at the deeper matter of them and I think mm -hmm. that's also telling because he does have really unique eyes too so I think yeah. that's a cute little thing too where they just see some see the world a little bit differently than everyone else and maybe in a sense a mere, more pure or more truthful form and mm -hmm. it means that you know people that uh like U Uwa who might be playing to other people are actually really fantastic people uh when once you get to know them and get to the substance of them it's almost like they have like laser eyes right they can x-ray and <laughs> peel back the layers and yeah. they're super 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 observant yeah. and yeah they can just see through all of the the chaff i guess and just down to the core like in a nanosecond almost like boom it's like when Torah saw poppy it's like boom just instant you know he saw exactly who that was so it's it's a gift. Yeah. But whenever read Jane Eyre, so you know, Mr. Rochester mm -hmm. describes Jane as, you know, she describes herself and everyone as like, you know, poor mm -hmm. and plain and little. Um, mm -hmm. I don't think Yua is plain, but Jane Eyre is definitely is is plain. Yeah. And you know, and Mr. Rochester has also been prolific at before and he's had other women, but Jane's the one. <laughs> Jane's the one, yeah. Yeah. All right. So who reads? Um, I guess me. So the soldiers say, you know, General, we should ask him about the battle when he's ready to talk about it. For now, you know, guard, station guards outside his tent. The king needs his privacy tonight. Have the royal physician on standby for his back injuries. Quite in bad shape. King or not, that man needs to take better care of himself, which from which you, you know, learn he doesn't really take care of himself. And he says, you best keep that to yourself, Jethan, or he'll toss you into the bull pasture again. <laughs> uh -oh. This guy has some <laughs> wacky punishments. <laughs> Well, it's like not even just like falling face first into like bullshit, literally. <laughs> like, you're about to get gored by a bull. Yeah. Have fun. Yeah. yeah. So they're both pretty harsh. Uh, they're harsh people, harsh environments, harsh time period. Mm -hmm. So now we're in the tent and Yua is sitting down on the floor. I'm surprised she put herself in that position rather than like standing up and confronting him. Maybe she's just overwhelmed, tired, emotionally distraught. Mm -hmm. And she says, why didn't you tell me who you were earlier? And Ulan's looking at her and he's kind of in a defensive position. He's standing there with his arms crossed. So I feel like he's unhappy about her attitude towards him and defensive feeling. 
Well, it's also hypocrisy on you as part two because she's not telling him who she really is either. Hello. Yeah. They both exactly. have their secrets. Yeah. Yeah. But he kind of, I don't know. The power dynamic is a little bit shifted because he took her. I don't think she has any obligation to say anything. Like he took her. Yeah. And now he's, he talks back to her in a way that, again, just shows her, he's feeding into her expectations of him. And I think it's also coming from bitterness and like disillusionment. And he says, why should I? This vile tyrant does as he pleases. I'm a goddamn king, your highness. And you like feel the anger and the sarcasm in his voice. And again, it's, he's upset that she views him that way, right? And he's just rubbing it in her face. Like, okay, you view me as a vile tyrant. That's all I am. Sad. Yeah. And, you know, and she says, don't call me that. I am. And then also with a lot of sarcasm of her own, she's like, I'm not worthy of this honorific from your majesty, the great Asura himself. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sassy, sassy. Yeah. Say yes. <laughs> you, you know she doesn't mean that literally. <laughs> yeah, and he gives her like an angry look as well. But now he is able to overcome his anger and his maybe hurt at her at her perception of him because he leans down and he goes down to her level and he doesn't have that angry look on his face anymore. And he said, first he says prince, like he's about to say princess. And he says, Eugen, and he said, because, you know, like you said, he doesn't know who she is yet. And he says, Eugen, look at me. And which is, again, like a very calm, conciliatory approach. So kudos to him for being able to put aside his internal wounds to speak to her in a way that is more calm and gentle. And he says, know this, no matter how brutal or cruel I am on the battlefield, that is not me. Oh, and he's touching her hair. Yeah, her hair. Oh, oh. <laughs> so romantic (laughs) (laughs) that's quite a lot of emotional health from him like really kudos to him for being able to overcome her insults to him and her anger at him and be able to speak to her in that way and also trying to make her understand you know his true self instead of just what she heard from you know the battle and that's all he is, is, you know, a killer and a, you know, mm-hmm. and a, a tyrant and whatever. But this is, uh, yeah, this is not him. That's what he's trying to get through to her. Yeah. Ready that. She says, how can you say that? And she pulls his hands away, his hand away. And she said, is it not with your own two feet? Is it that you've moved forward to battle with these two hands that you've taken all these lives? Because she, again, is, you know, a product of her, her culture and her kingdom. And he says, no, Eugene, it is my birthright and the weight of thousands upon thousands of my people on my shoulders. It is duty that moves me forward. And I think also, you know, Eugene is a bit naive, Eugene, Yua is a bit naive because I think also what he's going to tell her now, you know, at some point, I know a lot of people don't do this, but like at some point you've got to consider that like maybe the other side also has a point. Maybe your side is not the, the completely moral side that they claim to be. I know it's something yeah. I thought about a lot when I was a kid. Um, but I mean, I guess it is true. A lot of people don't take the, the perspective of the, the enemy or the other side, but, you know, he's pointing out the reality story. He says, do not forget the blood of thousands are on the hand of your beloved father, King of Shan. And, you know, and she's probably like, you know, I'm sure they regard her father as a hero and, mm-hmm. you know, oh, he killed bad people, obviously. Right. Cause we are good and they are bad. Yeah. yeah. So this is kind of her first time. It seems like her first time really considering that along with all the other Kings in the four regions who have built their empire. If they had been as, as capable of warfare as I am, it could easily have been more. 
And he's, it looks like he's getting up at that point. And he says, within the week, I will get someone trusted to escort you back to your kingdom. And she's looking at him with like resentment in her eyes because it's hard to, it's hard to absorb that. It's hard to reevaluate your moral framing of the world and mm-hmm. everything you've known because, you know, she loves her father, presumably, and she mm-hmm. loves her kingdom. So for her to then relook at the morality of everyone she knows and loves, it's not an easy thing. No. And it's going to take her time to do that. It's not going to be like instantaneously that she's like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. She's got to have to sit on it and let it percolate in her brain and observe some other things before it really starts to make more sense. Yeah, yeah. And he's leaving because I think, you know, he did reach his limit with how much he can tolerate of like emotional abuse from her. But he tells her, you know, he, the way he talks now, he talks as though he's defeated and he doesn't think that there's any more hope for a relationship between them. Again, this is like, you know, when couples fight, like you say the stupid things to each other and like, you don't really mean, you know, maybe like this is yeah. something just coming out of anger. He's like, okay, forget it. We're done. You'll go back to your kingdom. Don't worry. You never have to see me again. Um, this is what he's feeling now. I have a feeling, well, that's <laughs> not what he really wants, but you know, because he's hurt right now, this is what he's saying. He's like, like emotionally hurt. He's also physically hurt and he's mentally exhausted and he's hungry. And he, you know, I mean, just, yeah. So he's just like, I cannot like with you at this moment right now. So I think just to expand on that, I don't know if it's just that, but I think it's also for, it's more like, I think he's also showing his emotional intelligence as well, because like, obviously mm-hmm. this is a big change for Ua to take in like all of this new information. And for him just to continue to stay there, which is continue to antagonize her. But yeah. the fact that he actually physically leaves to give her space as well. Now she has time to digest everything and kind of start to form, you know, her own opinion based on what she's seen with her own two eyes. Because there is a point in a discussion where you said your piece, there's all, that's all you can do. And you're at a plateau, like you're just going to make the situation worse if you just yeah. to stay there. So the fact that he leaves and gives her space, uh, gives her time to just do that reflection. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Yeah, Justin, I, I really did miscalculated. There's only one panel left, sorry, because... Okay. The browser shows like I don't know more space yeah. for the, the comments and the patient thing. So sorry, that's okay. So you said there was a question period. Oh yeah, but yeah, I guess the last panel just shows her sitting there alone in the yeah, end. She's alone. Yeah, and she's looking at the door. She's looking yes, at the exactly. She's looking yeah, exactly. Clothing. Yeah, she's like she's thinking. The wheels mm-hmm. are turning. Yeah, but it, I mean, like, also like, it because she's she's naive. Uh, it's kind of also because she's not really in a seat of power at all in her kingdom, really, if she's mm-hmm. like the youngest princess or whatever. So, I mean, I don't think she's gone through her mind like, if I was in charge, what would I do? And, you know, yeah. I mean, I, that's why I think her naivety shows in this episode a lot because she's just so inexperienced. Too. like what what life and world experience has she had right yeah like practically nothing so all of this is all completely new to her mm-hmm. they are in a very different position and you know she he's the leader who has to actually go out to warfare and he has to leave the country and she isn't she's more sheltered and mm-hmm. honestly i think about that this a lot you know we um 
people criticize people who are in positions of power and, and leadership about quite easily. And I think that until you're in that position, you can't really speak because you don't know what it's like. And sometimes, you know, there is no good decision. There's only the least bad decision. So, um, you know, yeah, she's not in a position to understand what he does and how he is. Yeah. Which is, uh, which is this panel, really, because she's just sitting there thinking about it now that he's said it all. Um, yeah, so I guess you'll find out in the next episode how she reacts about that, but yeah. <laughs> okay. Stay tuned well, for next episode. Stay tuned. Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you could just Wait, read actually, it right now. Just, just the title. Actually, I really like this. So You Want a Battle was this episode title, and the next one, Here's a War. Ooh. <laughs> I thought that played in really well. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's brilliant. Yeah. So you want to battle? I see that as coming from Ulan. He's like, okay, so you want to battle? You want to like hit me and call me bad? I'll show you. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So any final thoughts before we wrap up and move on to the bonus ep- uh, content? Um, I don't have anything else. Like I had written notes, but we pretty much went over everything. What did I write? I wrote like, oh, hair touch in all caps. I wrote so much chemistry. Uh, Ulana is a rock star to his people. Oh, I wrote so many troglodyte men. Ulan's <laughs> <laughs> respect for you, a woman, isn't the norm. <laughs> I should have wrote eyebrows. <laughs> because yeah. Pinky's ancestor. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. So I'll end this recording and start another one for the bonus content. Okay. I'd like to thank my current patrons: Susie, Lady Libris, Mary, Alley Cat, Chelsea, Lily, Jenny, Haley, One and Only Taco, Elizabeth, Maria, Molly, Veronica, Emily, Emily. Joe Rochelle, Dahlia, and Saucy Tuggles. Thank you so, so much. I really, really appreciate it.